I want you to practice a phrase with me. It's my favorite Spanish praise phrase. It's the only Spanish praise phase phrase I know. Gloria a Dios. All right? Come on. Gloria a Dios. Gloria a Dios means glory to God. And in I don't know why, but when I say that in the spirit, I just my my heart just leaps for joy. Maybe it's just because I feel happy. I know three Spanish words, and they're the best ones you can say. But I, I just, uh, I just, I just encourage you. At some point, you gringos, at some point, practice that in the middle of a worship set, and just say "Gloria a Dios" and see what happens. You can, you, you spoke in tongues, you didn't even know it. "Gloria a Dios." Yeah. You say, "I got it." Hallelujah. All right. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad that you're here. Hope that you enjoyed communion with us online, and, and then we're going to start for a season having communion and baptisms together the first Sunday of every month. So if you're resisting it, haven't done it, missing out on it, just get it out of the way. Go for it. Take a risk. Step out. You know, I was thinking about it, and in, in, in so many things we did in our younger years that hopefully we're deeply embarrassed for now. Uh, but we'd never think twice of doing, if you've read my book, you know, some of the things I did and stupidity and, and, but I think, well, if we did all that in the name of darkness and lostness and blindness, why are we so resistant to do something that seems a little risky? I mean, I have a staff member on at the church here that when he was a teen was riding his motorcycle at a hundred miles an hour, doing a hand, standing up on the motorcycle seat with his arms out, going over the Cape Coral Bridge. Now, if you could do that, now again, I'm sure not every brain cell was functioning at that moment, and that makes it even crazier. But if you can do that, the enemy can get you to do that. Thank God, God had mercy, and they're still with us. But we can, we can, we can step out, get, do the things that maybe raising your hand, being open to the Holy Spirit, getting baptized, going all in for Jesus. So, you know, all right, enough said. All right. We got an exciting thing coming up next week, Mother's Day. There'll be more sugar than a mom should eat in a year uh, that we're giving. You know, you ladies are going to get some great fun stuff, and we have a great meal out here and uh, with a tent, and it'll look it'll look just awesome. And so, get the mamas, invite the mamas, invite your friends that you know are mamas that need some encouragement. And uh, and then one other thing, we just we're we're we're, we're getting closer. But we need to have you help us get over the top. And so uh, we're, we've got a, a van we got our eye on that we'd like to uh, purchase for a member of our church that has uh, uh, been struggling with diabetes, and uh, uh, she's here, I know, and, and so I'm not going to embarrass them, but we, we need, we're, we're, we're close. We're, we're within striking distance, but we can't strike if you don't give. So if you haven't participated, whether it's $5, $50, thousand dollars, whatever the Lord leads you. It's not your tithe. We teach that at the event. We're a generous church. We're generous with our tithes, as you see with the foster kids and every Thursday night, and we give back out way over 10%. We practice what we preach as a church, but this isn't your tithe. This is an addition. Your tithe should go to your local church, and, and, and that's what God said. That's not Jamie's opinion, but in addition, if you want to 
uh, participate. We give opportunities to do things, and this is one. We'd love to have you uh, follow. If you, if you want to participate, you can give in one of the boxes on your way out. We don't take up an offering. Or you can give online or see us if it's a... Uh, uh, so we, we, we just want to get over the top. So we're just trusting the Lord uh, to do that. All right? We're good? We're with us? Come on, participate. Get in it. You'll be glad when it happens. You'll say, I took part in that. Whether it's the windshield wipers or the tires, doesn't matter. Or whether it's the horn or the motor, doesn't matter. We all are going to celebrate when we get that day and we can get over the top. All right. So we kind of have a little lull, a week off. We finished the Joshua series. And next week's Mother's Day will be a special message. The following week, we're going to start a new series on Choose Joy. And we're going to deal with the book of Philippians. It's a great book if you haven't spent some time in it. A lot of anxiety in the world. A lot of anxiety in, in the church. A lot of anxiety that we all wrestle with. Uh, you could almost say if you don't have anxiety, you may not be human. Uh, so, uh, so don't feel bad if you've struggled with anxiety. Just know that you're human. But we can manage it. We can work with it. I don't know that you can annihilate it. I know some churches would like to annihilate things and we never struggle. You know, I'll never forget one time I, as a pastor buying this building, I shared with the church back at Trafalgar, I said, man, I've been unable to sleep at night. I'm battling serious fear. We're about to go into debt 640000 from zero to six forty with no money in the bank. No money. And so I literally had a couple come up to me and said, we're leaving the church. And I'm like, really? They said, yeah, we don't want a pastor that struggles with fear. I said, wow. Would you rather have one that lied? Because I'm not sure I know a pastor that doesn't struggle with fear or something worse. Hello? We're human. I didn't say I'm letting being ruled by it. We still went ahead. I just was honest about it. So we'll go, we're going to do this series on battling, overcoming, managing anxiety. And I think it's going to be a, a fun series. So, but today I kind of had an off week. So I'm going to give you an off sermon. So you may think, man, you're off. Because it's an off week. I can be off. All right. In the book of 2 Kings is where we're going to be. Now there are two prophets primarily. In 1 Kings was Elijah who challenged the prophets of Baal. His successor, Elisha was one that God said, I'm going to do a double work, double portion. Uh, he's going to get double the blessing and anointing that his predecessor, his mentor, Elijah, had. And Elisha does these. If you want to have some fun and just thinking uh, of the miracles in First Kings, uh, I mean, Second Kings chapter 1 through, uh, I go through 1 through 7, 8, just all these, there's some bizarre, powerful miracles. I like the one in chapter 5 where this guy has this terrible skin disease, and uh, he's not an Israelite, and a servant girl knows about Elijah, and she recommends that this prophet can, Elisha, I'm sorry, uh, uh, that this prophet could heal her. And he's like, wow, all right, send him to me. And so they go tell Elisha, he says, I'm not going anywhere. You tell the dude to come down here to, jo to the Jordan River and dunk himself seven times in the river, and he'll get healed. Well, you try telling a powerful person, A, you're not coming to them. You're no big deal. B, you're going to do something that seems pretty stupid. 
You're going to come all the way to, because he gets offended. He said, what's wrong with the rivers we have in our country? Well, that's not what God said. He said, go to the Jordan. And then he said, dip seven times. And, you know, it's, can you, I, I kind of wish that Jesus left us that model, seven times baptism. Wouldn't that be fun? Because when you come to get baptized, you were nervous enough about once. I'm like, no, 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 about once. No, it's seven times. One, and the church would count down. Seven, six, five, four, three, one. And then we just yanked them out and, and just catapulted them into some other, whatever. You know, most of you would be like, nah, I'm not, that's stupid. One time, stupid. I mean, literally, if you walked in the church and never been in the church in your life, never had any basis of anything, and what we're going to do this, this morning after we're done, and you're going to watch grown people step up, and, and if you've been around this area long enough, you know that's a cattle trough. That's a, that's a horse trough. They're getting inside a horse trough filled with water, and they're, they're, they're going to what? They're going to bury them in the water and bring them? That's stupid. And it is in the natural. Well, this guy dipped himself seven times, and his skin disease was radically healed. God honors obedience. Faith is a simple thing. It's not easy. It's simple, though. It's not when we complicate it, that's on us. So the, the story I'm going to look at this morning is obscure. It's, it's just obscure. So for I think somebody here needed it. God put it on my heart. And you'll often hear me use the phrase, if I'm interacting with you and you're going through something, that you feel like maybe you know you're, you, something's gotten stolen from you or lost in your walk with Jesus. I'll often say, where did the axe head come off? I, I want to reorient you back to where do you think the axe, where, where do you think the, the axe head came well, That doesn't mean anything to you if you don't know this story. So if nothing else, I'm going to give you this message so from now on I can say, where did the axe head come off? And you know what I'm talking about. Whether you think it's smart or not or crazy, that's okay. So 2 Kings 6. Elisha and his prophets in verse 1, 2 Kings 6, 1. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we're meeting with you is too small for us. I look forward to that happening. I say that, but then I can get fear as soon as I say it. Because I'm going to tell you this, something about between you and me, just there's a little secret. I don't know if I have one more in us to do three a day. I did that for a season. It took a massive toll. Someday we could get to the point where we're just filling this puppy up, and uh, what are we going to do? That's how we got here. We filled the middle school up that we're meeting in, and it was time to get a building. And it was a massive step of faith. We bought this with $3,000. That's all the money we had. Drained the bank account. Put a bid on it. High bid. Won the bid. Had no idea how we were going to get our money. And it was, it was, it was literally, it was, it was like baptism. It was stupid if God wasn't in it. If God's in something, it's no longer stupid. But they had a good problem. You might come up to a good problem in your life. And, and it's always a better thing than, you know, you got too much work, too much work. You got to learn how to manage it or the blessings of God's coming. You got to figure out how to be a good steward of the money or, or you got whatever it is. You got two more children coming on the scene, whatever the blessing is. It's, it's an enlargement. So they, 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 need to, they need to build a bigger building. Verse 2, they said, let's go down to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole or a beam and we'll build a place there for us to live. So they're all doing their part. And, they, and Elisha, the prophet, the leader, said, go. Then one of them said, well, well, come with us. 
And Elisha said, all right, and he went with them. They went down to Jordan and began to cut down trees. Now, these are prophets. I don't think that they're necessarily great axe people. But, you know, not everybody can swing an axe. I've had the privilege over the years to train young men how to split wood. And if you've never seen anybody, if you'd have seen Pastor Jason, the first attempt at splitting wood, you would have questioned his man card because he hit it with the axe sideways. And it went, whack! It almost came back and hit him in the head. Is he even in here? Yeah, his head popped up. I didn't even see him before I started the story because he's down in, in, in Never Never Land on, on somewhere on live streaming. But it went, whack, whoop, came back. And I was like, whoa, dude, no, you got the sharp end. You got to hit the wood with a sharp end first. It works a lot better. But anyway, he, he caught on after a while. But I don't say that these guys were expert axemen. They're not lumberjacks. They're prophets. That's why I tease people. The reason I ended up being a pastor because I had no other skills. So I can't fix anything. I'm not smart enough to, to, to do things. And so God just said, well, you can't do much. Make him a pastor. And so that's how you find pastors. So, And if you ask in the church, well, Jamie, can you do that? Said, no. Can you fix it? No. Will you do it? No. Can you cancel, counsel? No. I don't do anything really much. And I'm glad. There's a blessing in not having to know. No one ever calls me, hey, come fix this. Come speaking, come meet this guy up here. He's going to do this. And it's just no sense me being there. I can't add anything to it. So Jason does it. So anyway, <laughs> he hadn't caught on the fact that he's smart enough to figure out all these things. So therefore, he gets to do them all. Verse 4, and he went with them, and they went down the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell or the word fell it was thrown into the water remember this is a roar this is a roaring this is jordan it's mucky it's not like a little pristine pond it's go whoosh it's gone and he freaks out oh my lord he cries out he, he's calling out to not the god of his lord but he's just meant his his boss his his mentor his his leader his prophet uh, Elisha, he's, he's crying out to him, saying, help, and, 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 and he said, it was borrowed. Now, why is that a big deal? What, what do you think? What is that? Well, as you go through this story, and it's so obscure, and it's weird, and but let's just get, let's first pull out some just clear, simple, not spiritual, just simple principles that we say, what's it a big deal? What does it tell about, let's say, first, what are some things we can learn about this young prophet that lost the axe head, what did we learn about him? Let's say a hand. What do you think? What do you, what do you see? When he, and he, he's freaked out. It was, it was borrowed. What do, what, do you, what, do you, what do you learn from it? Yes, sir. Say it, he's poor. Yeah. I mean, that's a big, it's, yeah. He, he, didn't, he couldn't bring his own axe. He had to go borrow. Who, we don't know the backstory. That's what's always interesting about the Bible. Put your backstory in there. I don't know the backstory. I don't have to. It, when, when the Bible doesn't give you a backstory, it's inviting you to find your story in there. So whatever your story is becomes his story in this journey. So he's had to borrow it, and it's embarrassing. I don't know, was it a parent? You know, if it was my dad and it was his dad's dad's axe and had that kind of backstory, you're not going to just go out to Ace Hardware and buy another axe. Number one, he doesn't have any money to do it. Number two, it's not going to replace the axe he lost. Because if it has value based on who owned it, then you can't give them something new because that doesn't replace it. 
It just is a, it's a cheap knockoff of what had powerful meaning in person. Second thing is about this guy. I think he knows he's let his whole group down. He can't help them anymore. He's not just lost the edge. He's lost the axe head. He's no longer productive. He's no longer helpful. And so there's this, but, but, but if you think about how he could have responded, how you might have responded, let's say nobody was looking when the axe head came off. He didn't have to tell anybody, did he? At break, he could have gone and borrowed his buddy's axe. And when his buddy went looking for his axe, he'd be like, I don't know, man, maybe it's in the water. A woman did that with her baby in the Bible. She borrowed another woman's baby because hers was dead and lied about it. He could, have, he could have just wandered off and hid. It's embarrassing. This is a, he's in a tight spot. Dignity and integrity is at work here. And he, he's let somebody down that he borrowed from, and he's let all of them down. Because was it, was it a lack of uh, skill that he didn't pay attention that axe heads can get loose and you got to put a wedge in and you got to tighten it up? Was it... Was it just, uh, you know, uh, uh, just a, or a, a, a freak accident? Because axe heads can come off, and they can hurt people when they do. But in this case, it didn't come off and land on dry ground. Have you ever thought about that with God in situations in your life? It's like, Lord, it wouldn't have been that hard if it would have just landed there. But now it's in the deep water. It's gone. Really? Really, Lord? And those are the points where you have this choice and so this guy's lost the accent, but he doesn't run from it, doesn't blame anybody else. And I love how the prophet responds, Elisha, because think about if this was your kid and or your friend that borrowed the accent. I'll never forget one time I was in a small group and this lady's home and she was a little uppity. And, and uh, so we we're having group in their home and I, uh, I was trying to be a gentleman and gave someone the chair and I sat on the wicker stool. Bad choice. I know you can. You know where the story's going. At one point in the group, I don't know if I was shouting hallelujah or not, but the the leg snapped on the stool, and I went down. She didn't say, "Oh, pastor, are you okay?" She said, "Oh my God, that was my grandmother's stool. What are you gonna do about it? I'm not even got off the floor yet. I'm thinking, you know, well, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. But I'm gonna call Johnny Cochran and I'm gonna sue your rear end. You're gonna have nothing left because I'm feeling my neck's hurting. But I didn't say that. But she went on and there was no mercy, no grace. No, don't worry about it, Pastor. We'll get it restored. I mean, and I honestly can't tell you, did I do? I don't know that I did anything. I was probably so ticked off at her. I don't know that I repaired it. I don't know. It would sound good if I went out and had it repaired for her. Brother. My guess is I didn't do that. And, um, I'm going to give myself the benefit of I chose wrongly. But anyway, so the Elisha could have responded nine ways. Hey, you moron. You don't you know how to handle an axe. You got to watch those things that happen. Why would you swing to the Why were you doing so close to the water? Blah, 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 blah. And that's how some of you maybe were raised, corrective. There's a place for that if it was defiance and he was just goofing around and throwing the axe, trying to get it to skim on the water or something. I don't know. But it was as an accident. And it just happens that way, and life comes on. And so Elisha says to him in verse 6, he says, the man of God says, where did it fall off? Now you think, What's, why, what, Matt, what, does, what difference does it make? This is where the story gets interesting. Because he literally causes the young man to walk back 
to a place in his life. In a sense, he's returning to the scene of the crime. Now, let me just say on the front end that Elisha's motivation is not to embarrass him. It's not to bring shame to say, look, look, you moron. Look how close you were to the tree. Can, can we rewind the tape here? Could you learn anything from this? You're going to do it again if I get you another axe? No. He didn't. See, let me just tell you. Here's the difference. The devil will walk you backwards to the scene of the crime, and all he wants to do is magnify it make you feel worse, stupid, shameful, regretful, condemned, and now you're stuck. You're stuck here. You can't move on. There's some of you just sitting here today that somewhere back here, you're stuck. Someone may have done something to you, and you haven't responded properly, or something you did to someone, and you haven't received the healing. You're stuck. You're just stuck. I don't care how far you've lived past it. You're still there. And the enemy knows it. Now, the reason he was escorted back there by the Holy Spirit or Elisha, use him as an image, is because there's God's a God of restoration. He's not a God of let's, let's bring it up and make you feel bad again. Let's bring it up and heal you. Let's bring it up and grow you. Let's bring it up and show you who I am. God's about to step on the scene and show you that I'm a God that likes to restore lost things. Now, he could make new things. Why didn't God just make a new axe? Or speak to somebody with, with, with several axes and give this boy? Because God loves to take what seems lost and find it. God loves to restore what's been taken away. God loves to redeem what the devil has assaulted. He's the God who raises the dead. And he's about to raise an axe head out of the grave. There's no, it just, so I want you to see in this story, when the Lord whispers to you and says, let's go back to where the axe head came off. If you're on your fourth marriage, maybe you need to go back. And let's go back. Where did the axe head go off in the beginning? If you're still struggling with the same thing you've been struggling with and you're not finding any improvement, maybe you need to go back. If there's some pain that you're using as an excuse to keep from going on with Jesus, well, you know, someone did this. Okay, what are we going to do about it? Let's go back, find out where the axe head came off, and let's get that axe head back on the axe so you can get back in chopping trees. That's the goal here, restoration, not punishment, not, see, churches get it all wrong. I did for years. I comforted the religious, and I offended those far from God with harsh language and condescending and and pointing out specific certain sins and overlooking the religious sins. Let's don't touch the religious sins. Let's talk about how bad the world's sins are. Let's talk about how bad the political people's sins are. Let's talk about how bad the Democrats are, the Republicans. Let's talk about this movie star's sins. Let's talk about, but we don't want to. So what we learned to do years ago is be really kind to broken people and loving on them not point, you tip the average broken person I've ever met, you don't have to tell them you're a sinner. They know they are. You don't have to say, you know, you're broken. Really? Are you a psychic? You know, I, 
it's, it's, and so to be mean, hard, or harsh to people that have failed is, is it defeats the whole point. Now, I'm harder on those of us that know better, that sometimes can feel like we're better than others because we didn't do this, that, and the other thing, and we missed this and didn't struggle here and didn't fall there. So all I'm saying is when you go back, know that it's redemption that God's bringing you back. He's not bringing you back. So what is it that you're, it could be as simple as when did that fear really start in your life? Where did that bondage really start? Where did that struggle with authority, where did that really start? Where did that sense of, of unworthiness, where did that really start? Where, 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 and maybe something somebody did to you. You just have to learn to go back. God wants to redeem and heal. He can't change. He didn't bring him back to change the fact that the ax head came off. But he brought him back because God's a God of restoration. Now look what happens. In verse 6, the man of God says, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, feel that. That's the place you go back to. Could have been last week. Could have been when you were eight years old. Speaking of eight years old, I, a friend of ours, dear friends, they watch online. They may be watching now. Uh, she's uh, struggling. Uh, she has to have a, a liver transplant. And we're praying for a miracle. But he told me, and they're so full of grace. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking they've had such a year from hell. Uh, and just they're so filled with grace and joy and trust in God. But he told me their granddad, several grandchildren, but their grandson, they're praying for grandma. He's eight years old. Now, this is probably going to offend some of you that aren't a little tougher uh, and you're real religious, so don't get offended. But it's a great prayer. I'm just telling you that. And then you're going to get offended that I think it's a great prayer. Anyway, the little boy, remember, he's praying for grandma. And he says, God, I'm not asking you to kill a thousand people. I just need you to kill one that's a perfect match for grandma's liver. Yes. Now, by the time God heard it, God heard this. God heard, I love my grandma. There's nothing more important to her in the world. And, Lord, I know people die. And, God, if they die, please find one that, you know, I know, you know, that boy's going to be a preacher someday. I just, that's a making. He was bold. He was passionate and specific. Some of you, if you get, I'm not asking you to go that far, but some of you started praying a little different, your world would change. God didn't go, oh, I can't believe it. That's so shocking that you would pray something like that. I'm like, God went, yes, I'm on it. I'm on it. I could give some suggestions of who he could pick. <laughs> kind of solve that Ukraine problem pretty quick. Don't know if it's a match or not. We'll figure that out later. You're not going to save him killing that's okay prayer that's in the bible i don't pray that way god loves everybody he doesn't let evil malign it's like someone coming in your home assaulting raping your wife and you say god loves everybody stop him stop him if you have a gun use it if you have a axe head swing it he's assaulting your wife it's not about love it's about 
Anyway, you could go down to get off that track, Jamie. You're sliding. You're going downhill. It's not, I told you it's an off Sunday. I can get off on whatever I want. That's not about the message. Oh, well, it's off. It's off Sunday. We're having them from now on. You say, well, you say, Jamie, I thought every Sunday was an off Sunday, but maybe I'm just excusing myself today. He showed him the place. Elisha cuts a stick, throws it in, and made the iron swim. It drives smart, brilliant commentators crazy. Why did he cut the stick? Did he need to cut the stick? No. Some of them go as far to act like he cut the stick and it was long enough that he just miraculously stuck the stick, couldn't see in the water, found the axe head, caught it in the axe head, and pulled it up with a stick. People go to links to explain away a miracle. They create a bigger miracle. It's like you, you, you just, why does, but you see this throughout the scriptures. Moses gets through this big body of water. They're starving or they're, they're dying of thirst and they're in the desert and he's leading Egypt and they get to the water and they drink it and it's totally bitter and it makes them sick. And, they, and, and, and so to, to solve the problem, God says, oh, uh, just get a bush and throw it in. Then they go to links at what that bush could have been. They take the toxicity out of the water, the organic people and the, the holy, you know, that's what, that bush could have been this. It could have been a, just a dead, any old bush. It wasn't the bush that healed the water. It was the God of the bush. At the end of the story, God says, I wanted you to know that I am the Lord who healeth thee. It's not the bush. It's not about the stick. It's about the God that made the iron swim, and he just chose the Stick, throw it in. I don't know why. He said dip seven times. I don't know why. Another story throws salt in some. Everybody wants to find some natural reason why other than God just said, I'm messing with you. You won't figure me out. But it's always going to require something of you. If you're going to go back to where the axe head came off, you're going to have to do something to get that out. But I can't make it swim. No, but you can be obedient to whatever God tells you to do. Forgive somebody. Write a note. Walk away from something that's toxic. Habits that are destroying you. What is it? That, what's the stick? It's not about the stick, but, but when you obey God, Elisha didn't go get that stick and say, oh, holy stick, let's bow before this stick. Now, many people see the, the beauty of the cross in the stick. They see the fact that you know, the, the tree, the wood that Moses threw in the, the bush represented the cross. That They see this stick, and I, I can go there. I can see the fact that Jesus threw himself into the dark waters of sin and despair, and out of it, our iron hearts floated to the top. God loves to restore lost things. He repairs the broken. I'm not saying God can't give something new. But I like it when God takes something with a story and adds more story to the story. That axe head comes up. It's swimming. Now, did it have wings on it? I've seen pictures people draw like an axe head and, and little like wings on it. That'd be cool. I don't know. An angel went down, picked it up. I don't know. God just said, get up. Swim. If God tells a rock to swim, guess what? It swims. Guess who made the fish? If he tells the rock to fly... It flies. I don't have a problem with that. Is that being simplistic or is that being childlike and a big God that can do anything? He goes from hopeless to hope floating. 
That was a movie, wasn't it? I don't know if they got that from here. I don't know, maybe. Did it have anything to do about an accent? Probably not. Hope floats. You can't sink the boat when hope is at the helm. Hope comes up. God goes back to things that feel stolen from, lost, gone. And the enemy says, you'll never get it back. You can't undo what was done. The choices you made, you can't undo those. The choices others made, you can't change. But you can let God make the axe head rise back out of the depths of despair and hopelessness and come back alive. And now you've got an ax in your hand. Now let me just guess at this. You think that ax came, look what it says. It floats to the top. Elisha cuts a stick, throws it in, and makes the iron to float. Verse 7, lift it out, he says to the man. He reaches out. And now why didn't it just jump? If he can make it swim, he can make it walk. Is that a heart bring for God? All I could do was make it swim. Now it's all on you. No, but there's this participation of, are you going to reach out, receive it? You're going to believe? Is this a hallucination? Is this real? Are you going to, do you have enough faith to just say, yes, I'll, I'll take it. You've, you've, you've made it come back. I'm going to do my part and welcome it in. He put that thing back on that axe head. And I know some of you that are familiar with sharpening stuff, if you, if you do a good job sharpening an axe, you should be able to take it on your arm and cut your hair off your arm. And he'd been dulling that axe, my guess is. It was all banged up, beat up. Do you think God gave it back like he lost it? Come on. That thing came back. Same axe, head. Sharpened. Sharpened. That angel worked on that with a whetstone underwater the whole time it was laying under there. He said, when I give this thing back, it's not going to be what it was, but it's completely all that it was, but better. God's not about Band-Aids and duct tape. God's not about let's just put a little super glue on it. It's broken. It'll never be any good anymore. When God heals a broken heart, he makes it better than when it was broken. When God restores a relationship, he's done it in our life. He didn't just make it better. He made it seven times better than it was before it got broken. And when it got broken, we thought, oh, God, I can't make it. But he made the iron swim. And when he does, you put it back on the axe head. And guess what? Go back to work. Go back to chop. Now he's Paul Bunyan. Now he might have been a little wimpy with the axe to begin with. That's my guess. My guess is now, whack, 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 push, whack, 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 push, whack. All of them stop. This guy's a machine. You can't stop him. He's got an old axe that's new. He's got a new axe that was old. He's got an axe that was lost, and now it's found. It was blind, but now it can cut. It can, it was dull. I should have said it was dull, but now it can cut. It's an axe that's been restored. God's not just about finding lost things. He's about putting them back where they're supposed to be, that they're even better than they were before they got lost. So that you would almost say, you don't. But you could almost say, it was a good thing I lost that axe. You could almost say, it's a good thing I went through that failure and brokenness and pain. You could almost say, 
that heartache and, and disillusionment and despair. It's birthed things in me, God, that I've seen things about you that I would have never known had I not. You could almost say that God works together all things for the good to those that love him and are the called according to his purpose. You could almost say that Joseph did to his brothers, you meant it for evil. Yeah, but God had another plan. His plan is to redeem, restore, resurrect, renew, refresh, repair, all the R's you want to put in there. Isn't it funny all the D words tend to be bad and R words tend to be good? Depression, despair, death, devil, despondency, discouragement. You go on down the line. And R's just have so many good, anyway, it's the good on that. It's an off Sunday. Did I say that yet? What have you lost? Well, what is it that's missing? Could be joy. When did, it, when did you lose it? When did the disconnect happen? What was the, go back, again, you're not walking down memory lane to beat yourself up or anyone else. It's about healing. You go back so you can move on. You go back so that the ax head can come back. And better than it's ever been. The devil loved. Can you imagine this guy when he woke back, walked back and hit the voices this boy, this kid's saying, all your friends know you're, you're not a good axeman. Or they think maybe you did it on purpose. Maybe they think you're blah, blah, you didn't want to work anymore. Maybe they, blah, blah, you know, all those things the devil uses that keep people from church. The average person you're going to invite to church, you got to know that there's something going. There could be, well, you know, there's lots of weird faiths out there. Yeah, okay, that's true. And there's this, but a lot of times it's just the fact that I, you ever heard people say, well, I think the roof would fall in if I came back. That's the devil. And don't ever build into that with your friend. I've had people over the years say, this is my friend, Bob, and man, I'm amazed the roof didn't fall on him when he walked in here today. I'm thinking, it needs to fall on you because you're an idiot. That's not God's heart. He wants Bob to say, welcome home. Glad you're here, waiting on you, expected you want you here, not shame, not embarrassment, but the graciousness of God to say, I can make the iron swim. What is it in your life that you need to see God make swim? You can't, but you can trust him. You can believe him. You can go back to where you lost it, and you can say, Lord, whatever stick you asked me to throw in the water, whatever step of obedience, whatever act of faith, that you want me to do, whatever step of saying, you're the God who raises the dead. We're going to baptize people this morning. When they go down, it's like the axe head going in the water. Gone. Dead. But the good news is, God's going to make them swim. They're going to come up. There's a newness a cleanliness, a cleanliness, a forgiveness, a healing. I'm telling you, God is going, it may start today. The lady in the first service we baptized is struggling uh, with a severe cancer. I'm believing God, that, that cancer's gone. I'm just, I, I think we're going to see baptisms, baptism healings. Now, we don't do it to get that. We do it to honor Jesus. If, if he threw that stick in the water and the, and the axe head didn't come up, God's still God. He'll have another plan. Don't limit him. 
God may want to do it a different way. If there's anything these stories teach us is that God doesn't have a set pattern other than he's God and he gets the job done and he doesn't do junk. He doesn't mend things with duct tape. He's not a redneck. He's a, when he heals, he's a doctor. He restores. He's a doctor, Jesus, and he does a really good job. When he resets a relationship, he does a good job. Trust him. He's good at it. When he touches your children, that he will. And, 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 and you've got to trust that if he can make the axe head swim, he can make the prodigal son or daughter come home. We've seen him do it. We've seen our children deep in dark waters, deep. All we could do is keep throwing the stick in and saying, God, you can raise the axe head. And guess what? He did. He does. He will trust him. Let's pray. Just take a moment and maybe you've never, ever said, Jesus, take my life. And then you, you know you've been sunk and you know you've, there's nothing that's going to pull you out of where you are except him. And all it is is a, a whisper of a prayer. Jonah, when he was swallowed by the whale, gone under, done, down for the count. But God raised him out of the grave of that fish's belly and he restored him. Jesus is here this morning. He takes hopeless cases and fills them with hope. So if you've never prayed or maybe you prayed years ago and you've just been away, way, way away from Jesus, what a wonderful time to come back home. He says, welcome home, but you've got you to ask him. You've got to reach out like the young man did and grab that ax head. Reach out to what's been lost and receive it back today. Lord, give courage to those, and many of us, Lord, that have said yes to you still have places in our lives that we need to revisit, not for condemnation, but, oh, Lord, to see restoration, to see the axe head swim. Whew. I'm so grateful that you're a God. Makes things that are sunk down in despair. You make them come back up. It's impossible to us, but it's nothing to you. You're the heart healer, the relationship mender, the prodigal restorer, the body healer, the mind cleanser. Jesus, our resurrection, come this morning. Visit us with hope where it's been lost, joy where it's been robbed. You know, the Bible says that the Lord delights in restoring the years that the locusts have eaten. The locusts are come in and devour things in our lives, whether it's our choice or somebody else's we've suffered from. But he's not limited to that. He's bigger than that. And he wants to take you back to move you on so that if it ever comes up again, you just know that God made the axe head float. So the devil will take you back all day long to that place. Come on. Because every time I go back, I'm going to remember the miracle of the swimming axe head that God restored, refreshed, renewed, and repaired, redeemed, and reconciled.
He's that kind of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up together. Before we sing this last song, if you're here this morning and you've been coming for five years, it doesn't matter, first time, five years, have you ever gone public with your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says that those of you that are getting baptized, come on, make your way up to Pastor Kim here in the front. If you have not gone public with your faith, then you're missing what Jesus asks you to do, to publicly acknowledge him as the Lord of your life. Say, I say yes to Jesus as Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Just raise your hand. Say, Jamie, I want to say yes to Jesus as my Lord. This is your day to take a stand, to be bold, to go public with your faith. We're going to celebrate. We're not trying to embarrass anybody. We're celebrating, watching that iron swim. Anybody, this is your day. I want to say yes to Jesus as my Lord today. If I'm missing someone, holler at me. Let me know. The lights are pretty bright. I say yes to Jesus. Come on. 